Hello, my name is J. Tom Morshford. I'm the minister at the Austin Avenue Church of Christ. We are in our third podcast, and we are looking at the book of Philippians, our first two podcasts. We did an introduction talking about the joy. That's really the overall theme of this book. It's talking about joy and how you can have joy despite your circumstances, despite the people that are around you. What amazes me is that Paul writes this book while he's in prison. If anybody had the right to complain, it would have been Paul. But instead, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll say it, rejoice. And the reason that Paul was able to have that kind of joy in the midst of those kind of trials is because Paul had this single focus, this single focus of, of glorifying God and spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, later in Philippians chapter 1, he's basically going to say, I, I don't care who's preaching as long as they're preaching Jesus Christ, that's what matters to me, because I want Christ to be preached everywhere. We're going to open up Philippians chapter 1 today, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 11. And I want to bring out three or four points of this section of Scripture. But first, let's listen to what Paul has to write. Paul says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ in Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you and all of my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It's right for me to feel this way about you all since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. Fulfilled, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. As you look at those first 11 verses, we begin to realize that one of the key words in this section of Scripture is going to be fellowship. Fellowship is one of those words in the English language that seems to have migrated. You know, that word love it has so many meanings in the English language. I can love ice cream. I can love my dog. I can love my wife. But I don't love them all the same. I don't love my wife and ice cream the same. No, and I don't love my dog and my wife the same. The love that I have for my wife is greater than any of the love that I have for my dog or for my ice cream. And don't misunderstand. I like ice cream. I like ice cream. I like banana pudding. I like pound cake. But I don't adore them. I don't have an affection for them. Paul, when he talks about the fellowship of believers, he has this understanding of what fellowship means. Uh, A.W. Tozier writes an interesting definition of what fellowship would look like when he says, has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos all tuned to the same fork 
are automatically tuned to each other. They are one accord by being tuned, not to each other, but to another standard to which each one individually must bow. So 100 worshipers meeting together, each one looking away to Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be if they tried to become united to one another. I love that phrase that he uses about being all tuned to the same fork. And if we're all tuned towards Jesus Christ, we're closer than if I was just trying to be in tune with you. You know, I love the concept that that A.W. Tozer is introducing because he talks a little bit about worship. Have you ever wondered why we come together? As diverse a group as we are, why do we come together? And we come together because we all have one focus, and that focus is Jesus Christ. And while I may never be in complete harmony, unity with you, we may disagree in color. We may disagree on types of music. We may disagree on types of clothes. We may disagree on this radio station that you need to listen to. There's one thing that's greater than all of those things that holds us together, and that is that we're attuned to Jesus Christ and we come together because as a people, we're drawn together by the one thing that holds us together, and that's Jesus Christ. You cannot have fellowship with someone that you don't have something in common with. And when the body of Christ at Austin Avenue gathers together, there's one thing that we all have in common. We all have this desire to pursue Jesus Christ and to glorify God. That that word fellowship has, has come to mean potlucks. It's come to mean retreats. Oh, I love that retreat. I love the fellowship at the retreat. It's that time we played cards together. It's the time we laughed together. But that word fellowship has so much more to it, a meaning that is so much greater. So I want to bring out three points that Paul brings out in Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. When he's talking about fellowship, one of the things he's talking about is I have you in my mind. Verses 3 through 6, he talks about that, that I I have you in my mind. Isn't it remarkable that with all of the things that's going on in Paul's life, in prison, away from them, in Rome, in chains, the thing that Paul's thinking about are the believers. Paul's thinking about the believers back in Philippi. And that brings him joy. Because he knows that they have that same purpose. I want to ask you a question. We all know people that we love seeing come. And we all know people that we love seeing them go. What kind of person are you? Are you the kind of person that when people see you coming, they're excited because they know you're bringing joy into into their life? Are you the kind of person they love to see go? Because joy can't be there until you leave. You know, it's easy for us to complain. It's easy for us to gripe. It's easy for us to moan about the the situations that we're in. But when we're together as children of God, 
There needs to be a joy because we have a common purpose, and that purpose is the spreading of Jesus Christ. That purpose is the glory of God. That purpose is our focus on Christ and Christ alone. We ought to be able to raise our hands when we sing, raise our hands when we read Scripture. We ought to be able to stand in the middle of a sermon and say, that's right, without anybody casting judgment on us, because every one of us has one purpose, and that is the glory of God, not my comfort, not wondering what the world is going to think about me, but wondering, am I glorifying God? Am I encouraging the brothers? You see, there's a reason for us to focus on Christ because Christ has done for us the work of salvation. Oh, we need to receive it. He's presented it to us and He's laid it out there for us. And we need to receive it by grace through faith in Jesus Christ through the waters of baptism and coming into that covenant relationship with Him. But I don't earn my salvation by the things I do. He has earned our salvation by the things He did on the cross by the price that He paid. He has done for us salvation. And He does for us the work of sanctification, that continual changing of our heart, bring us closer and closer and closer to Christ. And God does work through us, that work of service. Our heart is yielded to the point to where we can't help but reach out and serve others, especially those who belong to the fellowship of believers, because you're on my heart and I care about you. Second point that Paul's making is, I have you on my heart. I have you not only on my mind, but I have you on my heart. You see, that Christian love is the thing that binds us together. It's that evidence of the salvation that we've received. Jesus will say, by this will all men know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And that love that we have for one another brings us to the point of having a willingness to forgive one another. There's nothing more unchristian than carrying a grudge than being able to say, I can never forgive that person. If you can't forgive them, God can't forgive you. But because God has forgiven you, you have a desire to forgive them and you have a concern for them. You want them to be in fellowship, not only with Christ, but also with all of the believers. And that includes you. Christians who practice love always seem to have an expression of joy. It comes as a result of the presence of the Holy Spirit but it's also a part of the fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? In Galatians 5.22, the first two, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Those two are linked together. And the third point that Paul makes is, in this fellowship that I have with the believers, I have you in my prayers. I have you in my prayers. The deepest Christian fellowship and joy that we can experience in life is that experience that we have the grace, the throne of grace of Jesus Christ. Not only the grace that we receive, but the grace that we share, praying for each other, praying with each other. You know, 
as I sit and I get to look out my window as I make these recordings. My office at the church, I don't have a window, but my office at home, I have a window. And outside is a pecan tree. And did you know that that pecan tree doesn't make a lot of noise when it's making pecans? That's kind of the difference in the fruit of the Spirit and the fruit of religion. Religion is noisy. Look at us. Look at what we're doing. But the fruit of the Spirit is natural. The world notices, and the world says, look at what they've done. But all we're doing is what comes natural from being in Jesus Christ. You want to have the joy that comes in Christ? Start being the person that God has made you to be. And start producing the crop that you were made to produce. Joy. Joy. The key word in Philippians chapter 1 is fellowship. And the first step in having that joy in Jesus Christ is having fellowship. Fellowship with Him and fellowship with the believers.